0: Hey, welcome to the Men's Global Live Stream. If you have a Bible, then I want you to hold a spot in two places. One in 1 Thessalonians 5 and the other, which is going to be our main text, is Psalm 138. We are starting a new series called Whatever the Weather. Now here in the Everyman Studios, we are in Southern California where there's not a lot of seasonality, shall we say. Uh, We're very comfortable. Uh, with sunshine, Uh, being a meteorologist in Southern California, that's a good gig, right? Because you say the same thing most every day. But when it rains, we're not used to the rain. When it rains, we're not used to driving in the rain. You know, when it rains, we don't even have the right clothes, really. And we get super uncomfortable, right? Why? Right? Because we don't expect it. We think every day we can just make our plans around the sun coming out and it being sunny with a high of 75 degrees. In, in sporting terms, we would be called a fair weather fan, right? You know what a fair weather fan is, right, in sports. It, it describes a person who passionately follows a sports team, right? But only when they're winning. Right? One minute they're high-fiving, jersey-wearing, evangelizers of their team. They talk it up. They talk smack. But then the season's weather changes. Winning ways are replaced with losing ways. And their team is now on the struggle bus, so to speak. And everybody connected to the team, coaches, players, fans, are all on the struggle bus with the team. And here's what happens, right? Discontentment sets in, dissatisfaction with the team sets in. And then for the fairweather fan, separation is the result, right? The faithful diehard fans, they stay on the bus. They stay on that struggle bus, right? Because they're there, you know, winning and losing, they're there, right? But the fairweather fan, they get off the bus and they put their jersey away. Now, in a spiritual context, Right, did you know that God has fair weather followers? What are those? Those are people who are content and satisfied with God when everything is going their way and and, and life's a bowl of cherries and, and God is a convenient accessory that, that adds to the comfort and quality of their life. Then things happen that were not a part of their plan. And Gratitude in worship is replaced by ingratitude. Contentment is replaced by discontentment, right? In that moment, the fair-weather follower has forgotten one critical truth, and it's this, that God's character and attitude toward them does not change when their circumstances change. You see, if you find a man who has learned to be content and grateful, whatever the circumstances, whatever the weather, I will show you a man who has a right view of God, who truly knows God and who experiences God's full power and plan, whatever the weather. So there you have the background for for our series. Now, Jesus said it this way. He said, if any man come after me Many of you know this verse, if any man come after me, let him deny himself, pick up his cross and follow me. You see, comfortable and following Jesus are not synonymous, at least from Jesus's perspective. But what culture teaches us is that comfort is is your right. Um, maybe as you know uh, a family guy or in your financial life or that you can build a life that 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 can always be comfortable and discomfort shouldn't be a part of your life you should you should try to avoid that and try to predict it and try to preempt discomfort but as we all know in this life Unplanned things happen, unpredictable things happen, and unwelcome things happen. And all that energy we put in to comfort and trying to predict and control our circumstances all go out the window because you cannot avoid, right, these moments in life that are hard and that are difficult. And Jesus is honest. And in the context of following Jesus in the midst of this life, on this planet, during this age, right, God's man follows jesus on sunny days on stormy days on cloudy days on foggy days and the bible says that he can be insist uh, consistent and in his identity and in his relationship with god rise above circumstances by connecting with the god who is above those same circumstances and in control and seeing things that we don't see. So the goal for this series, right, is as committed followers of Jesus, in our identity, we gotta have the right perspective on this life from God's word that will help us weather change and challenge. See how I just used that word? In our identity in Christ, we gotta get God's perspective And when you have God's perspective on change and challenge, you'll be able to weather and navigate and get through that change and challenge and stay close to God, right? And not be a fair weather follower. So what we're gonna do today in part one, we're gonna look at our key verse for this series and get our foundation. And then we're just gonna look at at three lifestyle habits that will help us whatever the weather. So let's look at our key verse. It's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 to 18. Listen closely. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is one of the best verses in the Bible if you don't want to be a fair-weather follower of Jesus. Let's unpack it. The first thing that we see are commands, all right? And the commands, those words are in the imperative in the Bible, and there's three words. There's rejoice, pray, and give thanks, all right? And you rejoice always, you pray continually, you give thanks in all circumstances, all right? Which then leads us to the next thing that we see, right? We see commands and then we see context, right? Where those commands are to be lived out and how frequent those commands are to be lived out. So there's a command. Those commands have a context and it's your life, right? As you're going about your life, the command of rejoice, you rejoice always. As you're going about your life, you pray continually. As you're going about your life, you give thanks in all circumstances, not for all circumstances, right? So there's the context for those commands to be lived out. And then third, we have clarity. Don't you love clarity? So you've got the commands, you've got the context, and then the Bible gives us crystal clear clarity. It says, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus, to live out those commands in those ways right? And so that's our key verse. God has told us, whatever the weather, whatever is going on in your day, always, continually, and in all circumstances, God's man is rejoicing, praying, and giving thanks, right? That is a faithful follower versus a fair weather follower that goes up and down with what's going on around him, right? I want you to hear the words of Jesus in John 16, verses 32 and 33 on this theme, all right? Jesus says this, A time is coming, and in fact has come, when you will be scattered, each to your own home. You will leave me all alone, yet I'm not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So you see Jesus having a conversation with his disciples, and he's talking about a time that's coming when things are going to get very uncomfortable. They're going to abandon him, and it's going to feel super uncomfortable. But what he wants them to know is that he hasn't been abandoned because God's with him. And he's telling them, hey, look, I'm, I'm giving you the heads up so that in me, in the midst of this discomfort, you can possess peace. And then he makes this statement and he gets real honest with the disciples and he's getting really honest right here with you and I. He said, in this world, right, this unredeemed world, this unperfected world, right, in this world, you will have trouble. He sets the expectation of Life is not gonna be sunny with a high of 75. In fact, there's gonna be storm after storm after storm after storm, unplanned, unwelcomed, unpredictable things are going to end your life. But here's a big but of the Bible. But, take heart, I have overcome the world. So when it comes to our circumstances, what can we conclude from Jesus's words? All right, three things, write these down. The first thing we can conclude is there's what I see, all right? There's my perspective, there's my view, there's my feelings based on circumstances happening to me that are uncomfortable and then there's what I see and there's what I feel, all right? Secondly, good news, there's what God sees, all right? God is above these circumstances. He can see us in these circumstances, he can also see the future and how he wants to repurpose those circumstances for your benefit. So he's not feeling the same things we're feeling. He's not seeing the same things we're seeing. Why? Because God sees what we see, but he sees what we don't see. And that leads us to the third thing that's going on based on Jesus's words. There's what I see, what God sees, and then there's faith in what I can't see, but God sees. There's faith in what I can't see, but what God sees. Right? So I can't see what's, what, what's going to happen. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know what the outcome of, of this is, but I know God and I know that he sees what I can't see and he sees a future and a hope. And so that's where I have to look at my circumstances, Then I need to look at God and I need to keep my eyes on God And I need to say, Lord, in faith, you see what I can't see, and I believe that, and I'm putting faith in what you see. But take heart. I have overcome the world. You see, there's a process Jesus encourages of taking heart and... What is that process of taking heart, you know, in an uncomfortable, uh, hard, difficult trial or circumstances? In some translations, um, it says, be of good cheer. Hello, how does that work when you have negative circumstances and an actual positive attitude in negative circumstances? Well, it's supernatural based on Jesus. Take heart does not mean cheer up or try harder. Take heart means let my victory, what I see and what I've accomplished, my life, right? My death, my resurrection, let my victory be your victory. I've already overcome what you feel is overcoming you. It's like one of those situations where you maybe you're planning a trip and uh, you get there and all of a sudden there's panic because you forgot something mission critical like the tent, if you're camping. And then someone right there is like, don't worry, I already got it, already done, I packed it in there. And you go from panic, one second, to peace, why? Because they've already done and taken care of what you're panicking about in the moment. Can I just speak directly There are some of you right now, you are in full panic mode. And God wants you to know, I already took care of that. I see a future and a hope. There's what you see, and being anxious or worried is human, but you don't have to stay anxious. You can have faith in what I see and what I know, because I've already overcome what you feel is overcoming you right now. So, that's kind of laying a foundation for where we want to go next, because Jesus says, take heart, be of good cheer. And in Psalm 138, you have David, a man who's in a super uncomfortable situation. There's some strong forces that are really trying to take over his mind, his heart, his energy, right, and separate him from what God already sees, and he's not going to let it happen And it's such a good model for all of us for when we enter into those stormy hurricanes, overwhelming situations, unplanned, unpredictable, unwelcome, and those situations and circumstances have the potential, right, to totally take over our lives from the inside, and then our insides get projected outside. So let's take a look at Psalm 138, we're gonna track right down the line, and we're gonna talk about three things, three lifestyle choices, three disciplines of God's man that will keep you consistent whatever the weather. The first thing that we see that we should not do whenever circumstances begin to overwhelm us is we should never stop worshiping. Write that down. Never stop worshiping. Listen to what David says in Psalm 138 verses one through three. He says, I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. Listen to this language. Before the gods, little g, I will sing your praise. I will bow down toward your holy temple and will praise your name of your unfailing love and your faithfulness. For you have so exalted your solemn decree that it surpasses your fame. The language is very specific. And I wanna unpack this with you. It sounds kind of funny for David to say, I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart, before the gods, little G. What, is, what does David mean? Well, um, it meant the same then what it means now, right? Things can things that we choose to obsess over or focus on, give our energy to, give our thoughts to, uh, give our bodies to, uh, give our direction to, whether that's a circumstance that is overwhelming, that just takes over your life. Could be a substance, could be an addiction, could be porn, could be... Those are God's little g. They have taken over command of our lives. They're idols in our lives. We can't stop thinking about it. We build our lives around it. uh, We're articulating words about it, right? We're making decisions based on that strong force in our life. So write this down. Gods, in, in this context, are whatever remains a strong power against you. Right now, there are some of you that are struggling with porn, right? That's a strong power against your life. Some of you are struggling with anger. It takes over your life. That's a strong power that works against your relationships with God and with people. All right, discontentment, dissatisfaction with your progress right now. Like you, you feel like you should be here and you're here. That's a God. It's taken over your mentality. It's made you cynical and it's made you doubt God's presence you know, in your life. So you get the picture. I don't know what your, what your gods are, right, little g, but whatever they are it's a strong force it's something that remains a strong force against you all right now david says that that these forces against him you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna hit him with a force of my own that's supernatural and it's called worship right and worship is his weapon all right it's a spiritual weapon. The Bible talks about having a spiritual weapon in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It says this, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have, listen, divine power to demolish strongholds, right? So David's weapon of choice, his spiritual weapon that he fights with that, that isn't try harder or believe harder or control it more, or be resourceful, or be self-sufficient. No, he's like, I'm gonna worship God. Why does he choose worship? Because worship minimizes the perceived threats against you, because it magnifies the God who is for you, and you connect with the God who sees, the God who is above, the God who overcomes. So here I am in these circumstances, I start worshiping and I connect to the God who overcomes and who is above and now I start connecting with his perspective and he sees a future and a hope and I may not know exactly what that looks like or feels like but he's assuring me as I worship him because he's good, because he cares, because he loves me, because he's sovereign and because he's able, Right? I start connecting with that, oh yeah, that's right, that is who you are, and you're for me, and you see me right now, and your character doesn't change with my circumstances, even though I felt like it did, I'm gonna declare who you are. And as I declare who you are, those strongholds up here, those patterns of thinking, that sour thinking, that cynical thinking, that fearful thinking, that doubtful thinking, those get minimized as God gets magnified. So listen to me, man of God, whatever your circumstance, right? Don't stop worshiping. Sometimes it's easy to worship God when everything's copacetic and we're experiencing success and there's nothing opposed to us. That clock is going to run out in this world. And you will feel thwarted, you will feel opposed, you will feel uncomfortable. What are you gonna do then? Well, don't stop worshiping. Actually, turn the volume up, crank it up, take it up a notch and start worshiping harder. Start declaring who God is in your situation and in your life and watch what happens. It's gonna start destroying that thinking that, that makes God small and it's going to start elevating thoughts that make God big. It's going to destroy thoughts that make you think God doesn't care, and it's going to elevate thoughts and go, nope, he cares about you, he loves you, and it's going to start replacing, it's going to start minimizing those forces against you. You see, worship, right, uh, resets your soul, and we see Uh, David do this in another Psalm, Psalm 142. um, He says this, or Psalm 42, he says this, he says, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. You see, when your insides are reacting to your outside circumstances, You gotta do the work on the inside so you can react better to your outside circumstances. What what does David do? He's just like, guess what? My soul is sad, that's human. But then he starts talking to his soul. And he tells his soul, hey, guess what we're gonna do? We're gonna praise the Lord and we're gonna get in touch with truth and reality of God's presence, God's plan, God's abilities, God's power, God's care. And we're not gonna be downcast anymore. The circumstances may not change, but God's going to change us and change our perspective. So, man of God, if you are in stormy weather right now, if you're in high seas, if the waves are crashing over the bow of your life, don't stop worshiping. Start worshiping. Go on your phone. Download some awesome worship. Go Go to your praise music that's already there. Get alone and start worshiping God. Tune out your circumstances, get your eyes up, tune in God. The second thing that is involved with taking heart and being of good cheer and not being a fair weather follower is never stop praying and seeking his will, right? A lot of people, they their circumstances change and then they, they stop doing a couple things. They stop talking to God because they're so focused on their circumstances, right? So they stop talking to God and then they stop Seeking his seeking his will, and they start seeking solutions to their problem in their own self-sufficiency. Bad plan, right? And as we go down Psalm 138, David moves from, "Hey, guess what? I'm not going to stop worshiping." And as I worship, those those strong forces that are aligned against me, right? Those gods, little g, they're going to start being minimized as God is going to st- God is magnified. And then I am gonna I'm gonna start praying and seeking His will. Psalm one thirty eight verses three through six says this: When I called you, when I called you, answered me, and you greatly emboldened me. May all the kings of the earth praise you, Lord, when they hear what you have decreed. May they sing of the ways of the Lord, for the glory of the Lord is great. Though the Lord is exalted, He looks kindly on the lowly. Though lofty, He sees them from afar, and there's this compare and contrast in this moment when David is feeling uh, the threats against him. He's feeling major obstacles. He's feeling the pressures that come with those obstacles. What does he do? He starts worshiping. Then he starts praying. He says, when I called you, when I called, you answered, right? Calling on God then triggers God's pattern of response, which is what? answering. But if you're not calling, his pattern of answering is not going to be triggered. But God wants us to call on him and to trust him and to seek his will. And what was the result of David calling on God? The result was, you greatly embolden me. Whenever there's a, a word with that prefix embolden or encourage, it means that there's an infusion, right? There was a level of boldness, now which is shrunk because of circumstances, and then he starts to pray, and all of a sudden, there's this All of a sudden, his boldness, his confidence, his courage starts rising because God starts assuring him with his own presence. And you look at this passage of scripture And then all of a sudden, his perspective changes, and he's worshiping, and he's praying. And then all of a sudden, his desires start changing, and he's not thinking about himself. He's thinking about, man, I want other people to know what I'm knowing right now. I want all the kings of the earth to know the Lord, because the the glory of the Lord is great. And then he looks at this attitude. He says, though the Lord is exalted, he looks kindly on the lowly. Though lofty, he sees them. From afar, You see, it takes humility uh, to surrender in tough circumstances, to kind of wave the white flag and then set it down and then not try to control circumstances and actually press the pause button and do nothing and pray and go to God. That takes humility and it takes courage. But so many times in pride and fear, what do we do? We don't press the pause button. We press the fast forward button. We got. We got to get this done. We got to resolve this. We got, to, and we we forget. We don't control anything. That God is in control, but we like to act like we're in control. So we see David, in the middle of this circumstance, when these strong forces in his life are moving against him. Not going to stop worshiping. Not going to stop praying. You see, prayer is synonymous with killing anxiety and panic. You could say, prayer's a panic killer, all right? Look in the Bible in Philippians 4, a very famous passages, I'm sure that many of you who love God's word have it highlighted and circled and there are moments in your life where you're just like, man, this is what I need to hear. Guess what? This is what we all need to hear because life is riddled with pressures that produce panic. Listen to this. Do not be anxious about anything. Circle that word if you did the downloaded notes. Anything. Why? Because no thing has the authority to take over God inside your heart and your mind and your soul. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, circle that, every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, got a theme here, present your request to God. What's the result? What's the outcome? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Remember that emboldening that David talks about? Paul picks up that theme right here. As we talk to God and as we see God and as we worship God and as we're reminded of who God is, all of a sudden the panic is out and the peace comes in. Why? Because God's bigger than our circumstances. God's bigger than your addiction. God's bigger than your financial problem. God's bigger than that issue with your son or daughter who is maybe headed down the wrong path. God's bigger and you can have peace in the midst of a problem, not in the absence of a problem, through worship and through prayer. So man of God, do not stop worshiping and do not stop praying and seeking his will. Here's the third thing we should never do, never, Stop trusting and believing in his power and his purpose. You see, David, in the midst of this, as we go down Psalm 138, yeah, he's got, he's got forces moving against him. We have forces moving against us, but he's decided, no, nope, I got a weapon. It's called worship. I'm not going to stop worshiping. I got another spiritual weapon. It's called prayer. And seeking his will here's your third weapon i'm gonna keep trusting and believing in his power and purpose psalm 138 verses 7 and 8 says though i walk in the midst of trouble you preserve my life you stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes with your right hand you save me the lord will vindicate me your love lord endures forever do not abandon the works of your hands. I want you to circle, the Lord will vindicate me. In other translations, it will say, maybe in your Bible, it will say, the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Well, why? Why will the Lord fulfill his purpose for you in this circumstance which appears negative? Two reasons, it's right there in the text, because his love, listen, endures forever, right? You don't have to endure anything if there's no headwind or if there isn't a negative circumstance. That's called smooth sailing, right? But his love endures, right? Your circumstances change. His love endures. It goes against. It's in that circumstance. It's not weak. His love is strong. It's eternal. It's forever. It's with you. It's around you. It's in this tough circumstances. Why? Because it's strong. It endures forever, now that's a guarantee. You never see that on any product, right? Endures forever, right? Now, there's always a time window on it. Well, good for six months, good for a year. Six year warranty on that car, not God's love. His love endures forever, right? That means when things get tough, God's love is tougher than the things that are getting tough on you. That's the first reason why you know that he will vindicate you that he will fulfill his purpose even though you can't see it so put faith in it. The second reason is right there in the text too. He doesn't abandon the work of his hands. What does David know? He, God never abandons what he creates. Right? And no circumstance can God can cause God to quit on you. Why? Cuz he's bigger than the circumstance. We have to stop thinking about God the way we think about people. People quit because the circumstances are bigger than them. God does not quit on the believer because he's bigger than whatever that circumstance is. And he has the power to repurpose it and reshape it and redeem it into a future and a hope. Remember, there's what I see, there's what God sees, and then there's faith in what I can't see, but what God sees. So we read about this theme of confidence under duress and in pressure, and God just, God will not abandon you. God's never gonna abandon, why? Because his love endures, and he's bigger than any circumstance in your life. He doesn't have to leave the circumstance. You may feel like you wanna leave the circumstance or get out of the circumstance, but God's in the circumstance, right? Now, if you doubt that, then you don't understand the cross. You don't understand the gospel because it's in the gospel and the person and work of Jesus Christ on the cross that should inspire every man of God to confidence under pressure. You see, people saw that and God was saving us in the midst of that. Didn't look like it didn't feel like it, there was what people saw, then there was what God saw. People thought he had abandoned us, he had abandoned Jesus, he had abandoned the kingdom, he had abandoned, but God was accomplishing his purpose. God was taking care of sin, right, and defeating death, and he had to live, he had to die, he had to resurrect. God was fulfilling his purpose, but man couldn't see that. And Jesus tried to help his disciples. We read about that verse. You know, there's, t- there's coming a time when you're going to be scattered and you're, you're going to abandon me, but I'm not going to be abandoned. God's with me, right? And that's the model, guys. That's the model. God hasn't abandoned you. So never stop trusting and believing in his power and his purpose to redeem whatever negative circumstances that you run into. Jesus said you're gonna run into him, but take heart, be of good cheer. Never stop worshiping, never stop praying, and seeking his will. Never stop trusting and believing in his power, not yours. His purpose, not yours. Paul picks up on this theme of just this confidence, like I'm never gonna stop, and he's telling these, these Christians who live in Philippi, He tells them in in chapter 1, verse 6, he's like, being confident of this, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. You know what he's trying to do? He's trying to get them out of that mindset, which is very human and natural. It's not supernatural, but he's trying to move them over and just say, hey, guess what? Your circumstances or the opposition or whatever happens, just know that, that God's still with you. He's carrying on his purpose to completion, and he's going to be with you until he takes you all the way home. Why? Because his love endures. His love is bigger than whatever the circumstance is, right? And he never abandons what he creates. Why? Because he's bigger. He doesn't have to leave because circumstances go south in your life. God's character and presence do not change when your circumstances um, do. So let's ask a couple honest questions. If you downloaded the notes, these are the questions, all right? Here's question number one, true or false. I wonder sometimes if I'm making any progress at all. True or false? Do you ever wonder? Do you ever feel stagnant? Do you ever feel like, gosh, you know what? Seems like that opportunity has passed me by, or maybe my expectations weren't met. Am I making any progress, you know, at all, you know, true or false? All right, second question. Many things in my life have turned out different than I thought or expected or hoped, true or false? Now, if you're being honest, you probably answered true on, on both of those. And what I wanna do, just to close out session one, is I want us to kinda circle around these themes, right? There's There's what I see, there's what God sees, and then there's faith and what I can't see but what God sees, right? And to, to take heart, right? This world is nuts. The planet's broken. There's division, injustice, evil, inequity, you name it, all right? There's, there's plenty of gods, little g, and circumstances that can become gods, little g, and they can become idols. They can take over our heart, our soul, our mind, and they can sap our strength. Or we can never stop worshiping, we can never stop praying and seeking his will, and we can never stop trusting and believing because God's love endures forever, his presence is with us, he's strong, he's with us, and he's bigger than whatever is in front of us. How do we know that, that, that God overcomes? Well, we know it through the gospel. How do we know that God is in the negative circumstance that where we can't seal or see or feel anything positive? How do we know that he's there? Because of the gospel. Because everybody thought God had abandoned man, had abandoned the plan, had abandoned Jesus. And in that same moment, when they saw that, God was seeing my salvation, and your salvation, and your redemption, and your justification, taking the payment that you owed and throwing it upon the back, and the hands, and the head, and the feet of Jesus. Mm. So God has spoken, men. We're not gonna be fair weather followers, right? We're not gonna be sunny with a high of 75 followers. Jesus said, nope, you're gonna have category five hurricanes, along with, sunny with a high of 75. It's not all bad, right? There's a lot of good. God sponsors good. But God is with us in the storms. And so I want us to to pray a prayer together. And it's just an honest prayer that acknowledges everything that he has spoken through his word. And so if if you're watching, you're listening, wherever you are, please um, get your body in a good position put your pencil down, close your Bible, and I want just, I want us, I want the, the 12, 13,000 of us who are watching this video live stream or listening to the podcast, I want us all to just pray together and have a moment of honest prayer together. Would you just say with me, out loud if you can, Lord Jesus, sometimes I do wonder, if I'm making any progress at all. So many things have turned out differently than I wished or thought best. But today, and in this moment, I renew again my worship of you, my prayers of you, my prayers to you, and my trust in you. My life, not my own, but yours. And weave in me and work in me that that tapestry through my circumstances that most pleases you. I'm not gonna stop worshiping. I'm not gonna stop praying. I'm not gonna stop trusting you. I am gonna take heart, Jesus, in your victory, the victory that you've already won for me. So thank you that You have already conquered the circumstance that I'm in, and through your resurrection power, I'm going to believe in that and declare your victory right now that you've already won for me. Bring me into my future and into my hope in you right now. In Christ's name we pray, and God's men said amen and amen. Hey, if you're a regular... um, watcher or listener to the podcast, if you're part of that 12 to 13,000 guys, um, make sure that you contact us at everymanministries.com. I've got an awesome year-end message that I'm just gonna be sending out to, to Everyman Nation, our, our community of guys. Um, and I want you to participate in it. So uh, make sure you contact us, let us know who you are. Um, we'll put your email in with our community and then you'll be hearing some great things that God is doing around the country in 2022 that I want you to know about. All right, have a great week and we'll see you next Thursday.